conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Merjani Rawls, and we are talking about not one, but two Blade sequels today. We will be talking Blade 2 and then Blade Trinity. At first, we were going to do three episodes on these movies, and then I went and watched Blade Trinity, and I was like, absolutely not. We're doing the sequels in one episode, but Merjani, how are you doing? I am pretty good. As you said, Like it's it's basically a tale of two movies where <laughs> the initial sequel was, I thought was very good. Like I, I yep. really enjoyed it. And then it was like the production problems and wanting to do a spinoff tanked the third movie. So rewatching these again, you could definitely tell the you know, drop in quality as like you go on. Yeah, I actually had not watched any of these before. I had probably seen bits and pieces because we had all three on DVD. So I'm sure my dad had watched them at some point, And I probably just caught glimpses of them. But I actually did enjoy Blade 2 just as much as the first one. And you obviously have Guillermo del Toro directing that one. And the visual effects I really liked, like, you know, the sort of gore and creature kind of effects. But this one also felt like it actually had a story in comparison to Play Trinity that made sense. So basically, it kicks off with this nice action scene, you get to see his nice car. And he is just kind of picking up where he left off after the first movie. And then Blade has to sort of team up with his enemy vampires to go after these mutant vampires. And they all kind of look like Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, the Reapers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was just a sort of fun premise there. And, you know, I read online that some critics didn't like it because there wasn't enough character development. And I don't necessarily need that in this kind of movie. I think we got a lot of what we needed to know about Blade in the first movie to where the second and third ones, well, (laughs) less so the third one, but the second one didn't really need to advance his character necessarily that much. I think just putting him in this different situation where he has to work with these people, one, he doesn't trust, and two, he really just wants to get rid of. It shows that, you know, he's willing to do what makes the most sense to save the most amount of people. And obviously, you have Chris Christopherson returning. You have quite a wild cast in this. You know, you have Ron Perlman, you have, who else do you have in this? Norman Reedus as Scud. Luke Goss. <laughs> yeah, Matt Schultz, Donnie Yen in this. Fantastic, yeah, even yeah. though he's not a big part of it at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Snowman. Snowman was the only person in the blood pack other than like Blade or somebody to like beat one of like the Reapers hand to hand, which it should be because Donnie Yen is a badass, but Yeah, and you have Leonor Varea. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but she plays Nissa, who is essentially the daughter of our big bad Eli. And you have Nomak, who is the first Reaper in a sense who was created and 
the dynamic with that whole family there because she's the daughter of this mutant who is trying to take over the world and kill all of the regular vampires and the humans. <laughs> and it's just such an ambitious thing. But I think because the action scenes look good in this, you have those great gore effects. It just all worked really well. And it kind of made you forget that, you know, Blade wasn't actually really the focus of this movie. <laughs> he was, but okay. So like rewatching these again, it's like the ideas in Blade 2 were much better carried out and almost trying to get duplicated, <laughs> duplicated again in Trinity. Yeah. Like it's odd. Like, bringing Whistler back, you know, like, and then killing, you know, we'll talk about more about Trinity and, so, and, like, killing him off again, and then having the blood pack, and, you know, two versus, you know, the Night Stalkers and Blade Trinity. Like, it's, like, everything got duplicated, but I think that one of the things that I liked in two is what you touched on, like, the... The multi dynamics of like what's going on because like obviously Blade hates vampires, you know, uh, but you know having to work with the Blood Pack against like the Reaper, which is funny because like you know being in a pandemic and watching a movie like from back then that like talking about like pandemics in two thousand two is yeah. a little interesting, uh, a little interesting layer, but like. There are different relationships because you got Blade, like when Blade and Nomak fight each other, you know, Nomak is making the case like, dude, you and I are like on the same side. We both want to kill vampires. And you're like, yeah, like he's <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like he hates vampires for a very specific reason. But at the same time, you know, he wants to make everybody Reapers who are a mutant version of the vampire, which it, they can't really think. So like, it's more zombified shout out to the character design in this movie too. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Even down, even down to how uh, vampires disintegrate yeah. uh, when they die in this one. It's, it's much better in the se sequel, but like even like the unspoken stuff between blade and Misa, like, yeah, I know they were like, there was a deleted scene that, del toro was talking about where it looked <laughs> where it looked like they were done just like having sex or something like that mm -hmm. that they cut out and i love that the connection between those two or the affection is more unspoken especially it shows at the end but yeah then you know there's a dynamic between bringing whistler back and you know could he possibly be a vampire him and scud because scud is like the younger version of him and also <laughs> Blade and Reinhardt, who, you know, because you remember, like, the because if you know, like, the Blood Pack was, a, you know, trained to kill Blade, and now they have to work together. Mm -hmm. And they, and it's just the chemistry between Wesley Snipes and Ron Perlman, where they obviously hate each other, and they're plotting against each other to, <laughs> to kill each other. But, you know, them having the work together was fun to watch, too. Yeah, and the whole bomb implant. And then, you know, Blade finds out, not necessarily finds out, he already suspected that Scud was a familiar and was working against him. So then you have that whole thing at the end with the bomb, and it actually goes off in Scud's hand instead of, you know, in Reinhardt's head. And 
the way that they sort of focused on this taking over the world plot instead of Blade needing to kill all of the vampires, I think it worked well because otherwise it would have just felt like the same thing over again. And like you mentioned, they kind of end up doing that in Trinity after this one. But for this one, taking that sort of different angle helped. And sure, Blade doesn't have as much character development as maybe he should have. But I think the fact that he cares so much about Nyssa, despite her being a vampire, shows a little bit of growth there from the first movie. But otherwise, these fight scenes were just like pure adrenaline, start to finish. And there were so many of them. I didn't really feel the nearly two hour runtime on this one. Whereas with Blade Trinity, yes, there are action scenes, but I still really felt the runtime there. And we will talk more about that one in a little bit. But with Blade 2, it was just fun. Yeah. What I really like about what Del Toro did is that not only are there good action sequences, especially the ones in the sewer. Like the sewer one, like it keeps elevating and elevating to the point where like they go and they only, there's a, fixed amount of time before daylight and that doesn't affect play but it affects the blood pack and they have to go and, and, and like the, this horde of reapers are chasing them and then you know like the thing with like the uv bombs jam and like it, it's a good like a good showing of escalation which i think and you know the other two try to kill whistler in the sewers and yeah you see Nomak showing up and giving Whistler the ring and it's just like nonstop that whole section in the sewers. Yeah, and I think there are really good horror elements to it too. Especially, you know, the first time that you see uh Nomak and you know in the hospital and like, yeah, hey, what's going on? Or even in the nightclub when one of the uh Reapers bites a light hammer. And he's slowly turning and, you know, he's still kind of active in the group, but it's only a matter of time before he turns into a Reaper. So it's not that because, you know, Blade is obviously like he's not overpowered, but like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's it. But there always there's always like the constant threat against him. Whistler is older and he's kind of a liability. So like. You have that going against you. Then you have like Nomak, obviously, and like his like horde of Reapers and um, wondering like if some people in the blood pack are going to turn on him. Also, the whole like subplot with uh, Demoskinos and like why, you know, why did he employ like the blood pack to, to help Blade? But there's this whole grand plot to bring him in like it's a lot of layers that unfurl itself uh naturally and like shout out to like david goyer uh for writing that and working on that but like it's it's a non-stop adrenaline rush and it's uh a lot of layers to the story but it's simple enough to just kind of like keep up yeah i like that about it because this was kind of one of those things where you could almost turn your brain off and still understand what was happening, which sometimes that's just nice with movies. You don't need everything to be like you were saying earlier with the MCU, 
connected to something else so that you're constantly thinking about all these other threads. Instead, you know, these three movies stand on their own. And, you know, honestly, I am excited to see Blade back in the Marvel Universe with Marshala Ali. And he's got some big shoes to fill because Wesley Snipes is very good (laughs) as Blade. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk shortly here again about what happened next. But is there anything else you want to specifically touch on with Blade 2? Yeah, just to kind of go off on what you said about Wesley Snipes, like he has a it and he builds upon it from the initial movie to now because, you know, Blade is kind of like the stoic keep on the mission, like not not try the show so much. Um, emotion and things like that. But like in the first movie, when Whistler dies, like you can tell like that hurts him, that bothers him. Yeah. And also here, you know, when uh, Nissa gets bit and he takes his, he takes her, you know, up to the rooftop where she said she's never seen like, you know, sunrise and they kind of like look in each other's eyes and he like caresses her face as she turn disintegrates. Like that's another, you know, um, instance where you know it's like oh man like blade isn't just you know a hard ass like all the time like he actually cares about people and just like the banter between him and the blood pack it's fun it's you know what i mean like they constantly try to one-up him and he's always one step ahead yeah it was actually nice to have it end in a way where it didn't rely on Blade killing the big bad. Instead, it was, you know, handled within the family, and then he had to kill Nomak instead. Yeah, one of one of the things that caught me off guard when I first saw the movie, and then when I saw it again, is that the final battle between him and Nomak, because, like, Nomak only had the one weak spot, Nomak, like, has the upper hand in a lot of that fight. It's more of an even match, which I noticed. Like it's like I didn't come away. It was like, damn, you know, like when Blade fought uh, Deacon Frost, it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, who's gonna win? Like Nomak, like held his own until he found like the the weak spot. That was pretty cool and unexpected for me. Yeah, there were some wild shots during that fight too. Yeah, and then Nomak was the and Nomak was the one who killed himself. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It, it's unfortunate that like the movie didn't make as much money as they thought it did. It made 155 million. But that's still good considering the budget was around 50, 55. Yeah, you think in terms of like I guess like you're thinking in terms of like what movies make now, given I guess like, you know, the mixed things for critics, like I thought yeah, it made a, a it improved upon the first one mm-hmm. and like it made a pretty good gross and then you have Blade Trinity. <laughs> Which- yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about this one because still one that has a really good cast, but it just completely fell apart because they add Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, Parker Posey to this one and, you know, some other familiar faces here and there. Natasha Leone is in it. And it's one of those things where these people weren't necessarily at the height of their popularity like Ryan Reynolds got much bigger once he took on Deadpool and some other roles that just sort of launched him into the sort of larger than life figure and Jessica Biel has done 
a ton of stuff over the years. Natasha Leone, obviously, you know, then went on to have Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll. So you have a bunch of people who are like, kind of on the cusp of becoming who they're going to become, at least in the celebrity world. And it just, not only did it not work, it looked bad too. Like, some of the scenes didn't even look like they were from the same movie because of the way they were either color graded or just the lighting in them in general. But it looked like they put like two or three movies together to make this one. And I was reading something along the lines of because of the tension between Wesley Snipes and David S. Goyer, a lot of the shots that are not close ups were not Wesley Snipes. And you can tell yeah i mean if if people don't know the story about this one uh wesley snipes was not really keen on the script and who they chose editor so goyer actually wrote and directed this one but there were times where like wesley snipes stayed in his trailer and well reportedly stayed in his trailer and just smoked smoked weed and Goyer had to like use stand-ins and like computer like effects to kind of add his character to the scene, so you could definitely tell. Uh, there's also like the infamous ending where um, Leslie Snipes wouldn't open his eyes in the shape-shifting scene, and so they had to computer impose eyes blinking, which looks weird, <laughs> which looks really bad. Everything in Trinity to me feels like. I, you know, as I said, what they did in Blade 2, but better. I mean, but worse, but a lot worse. <laughs> like, it's like... Yeah, it really f- felt like some of it, too, was like, okay, we'll just have Ryan Reynolds not have his shirt on, and that'll distract people. <laughs> yeah, but, like, Ryan Reynolds here, I think, is, like, peak Deadpool Yeah, in this movie. Like, he's doing all these, like, these one-liners, and some of them are funny, but, like, it's like... If you watch this movie, you get it's like, oh, I see why Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool because he's basically Deadpool in this film. Then, you know, you have as the big bad, like they they introduce Dracula into it, and then you try to like like the same thing that they did with Nomak in it, like Drake. He's not Dracula. He's Drake. He's you know because you know it's two thousand four. We can't say Dracula, uh, and that. So he does the same thing with Blade where he's like human or cattle and, um, you know, we should work together. And it's like, I just saw this. <laughs> and, and then in the beginning of the movie where they kill Whistler off again, like it works great in the first movie because it drives Blade into that final act. You know what I mean? And then kind of in the second movie, because you don't really see Whistler die and he, you know, it's so when you get entered in the sequel, you're like, oh, Whistler's a vampire. He probably got bit. He, you know what I mean? Here, it's like, all right, well, like, let's kill him off again. And I think they do the, the walk the F away scene again. I'm like, okay, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, the whole like interrogation with like him and FBI agents because they're familiar. I, I was like, all right. At the beginning of the film, I was kind of already, what is what is going on? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, man. And like I said, like, um, 
the Night Stalkers, which they, uh, which is, you know, they are out of the comics. Here they feel like just an offshoot of the Blood Pack. I know they try to shoehorn the Ab- Abigail Whistler character in, but like, I don't, f- I didn't feel as though his death really impacted Abigail in the way that I, I would think, you know, like, yeah. it's like dude, like, your uncle died, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. And then the whole Zoe part of the storyline where she has to go save Zoe and it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, there were too many things going on for that finale because they had to not only you know save ryan reynolds they had to save the girl and they had to get rid of all of the vampires yeah there's like there's like that bio weapon they had to use with uh, called daystar then they found like that the vampires were using blood farms for humans and i'm like and they just shut it down like that didn't even go anywhere. <laughs> it was in the middle of the film. And I and I remember I'm like, I've seen this in other like it happens down the road with Daybreakers. But I, I'm like, I think I've seen this in uh, I saw it in like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? Yeah. And like, I think Goosebumps. But like, I'm like, I've seen this in other media. OK, like, yeah, like they're using like brain dead human. But this should be a bigger deal. And it didn't like it was like all right we shut it we shut it down oh man like Drake who also is like a daywalker is still out there we have to go kill him it's like they remembered (laughs) (laughs) and I I'm like they're trying to shoehorn it's got like uh the Amazing Spider-Man two syndrome where they try to shoehorn in so much to like lead to eventual sequel and i think that's why uh, one of the reasons like wesley snipes is upset because everything especially towards the middle of like the the second and third acts until blade comes back and he's like oh man i have to work with another team again what the hell everything is kind of focused on the night stalkers because it's setting up it's setting them up for a movie yeah it wasn't fantastic Patton Oswald is in this randomly yeah Triple H (laughs) you have so many people who should have made this movie better and I think the writing just wasn't quite there and you know this Marjani we don't love talking about things we don't actually like but I feel like this was just sort of a missed opportunity because a lot of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes I was reading that Wesley Snipes would just leave post-it notes for David Esquire and sign yeah, them played. Like, it was tense. <laughs> there were lawsuits. You know, uh, Snipes, he sued New Line Cinema and David Goyer. Then UTA, the UTA sued Wesley Snipes for, like, fulfilling agreements. It was a mess, and you could definitely tell that that showed on screen because it, you know like the few times that blade or wesley snipes is into it you could tell that it, you could tell that wesley's just not into the movie yeah i mean there was like a spin-off that they were gonna do um the original director wanted to do one uh bringing Stephen dorf back as deacon deacon frost then there was also talks of 
like an underworld crossover sequel with Kate Beckinsale. But thankfully, well, okay, I don't hate the underworld movies. I actually love the first one and I like the second one. Then, you know, they have like all those sequels and a prequel and stuff like that. But that did not happen. And you know why? Because Blade's rights reverted right back to Marvel, thankfully. Yeah. And they've obviously sat on it for quite some time. And I think it was because they knew, you know, a lot of people did love Wesley Snipes as Blade. And the first two movies, I think pretty much everyone I know who has seen them likes them. I do know one or two people who also like Trinity. But Trinity for me was kind of like a train wreck you couldn't look away from. Yeah, that's a really good analogy for it. Because then I was so focused on like figuring out like where the stand-in was for Wesley Snipes and like what went wrong with it. And yeah, it had a very distinct look to it that was very early 2000s. And I just don't think it worked because like I was saying earlier, some of the shots don't even look like they're from the same movie. And that's not to say that every scene needs to look exactly the same in a movie, but usually there's some consistency with how a movie looks. Yeah, and tonally, like, even when uh, <laughs> when, when Hannibal King and uh, Danica Talos is, like, they're having... Which I think is funny, because... <laughs> making jokes to Danica and because I think they they were previously in a relationship. Um, there are a lot of lighting uh, distinctions yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are parts where it's really dark and then like it's glaring when, you know, Blade and Drake are like talking to each other about like, you know, um, you know, you and I are not the, are the same. Like these are just cattle and it's like really bright outside. Yeah. It's, I'm like, Wow, like, you know, whoever was cutting this movie was just like, okay, you know what? We just got to get it out. We got to get it out. It actually, despite all the, the issues, it actually made a decent amount of money. It made $132 million, which I was surprised about. It's probably because people enjoyed the first two and they went, oh, it can't be that bad. And it was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was... It's funny because... There were two alternate endings that they shot. One was like teasing the Night Stalkers because they they were chasing a werewolf. <laughs> and then um, then there was like this whole like the switcheroo between like the body and the morgue. Like they shot two scenes and obviously like, you know, talked about the scenes where like Wesley Snipes wouldn't open his eyes. Yeah, it's just and then the whole like, I don't know, that final fight, man. You you know you have to fight me with honor. <laughs> I was like, what? Like why? Like why is Dracula, Dracula of all people, like worried about like honorable fights? Have we we've seen Dracula like throughout time? He's not about that. And like yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, it's weird. And then like Dracula Drake has like that weird form where he looks like. I don't know, like uh, the Beast from Legend or something like that. Like, yeah, like the Tim Curry thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I I know David Goyer was like working hard with all the limitations that he was brought and especially the notes that he would get to like make this movie work. But it definitely seems like a Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, it, it is 
a wild movie, and I don't know if I can even recommend people go watch this one if they haven't. I might just say stop at the first two. <laughs> it's a quick movie. Um. Well, no. It's almost two hours still. Yeah, it's almost two hours. It feels almost two hours, too. I mean, I thought the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds parts were funny. Um, yeah. And then there's the whole thing. There's the whole motif of, like, Abigail fighting vampires and, like, listening to trip pop on her <laughs> iPod. She has to make playlists to hunt, was how. Yeah, she makes playlists to it. hunt, which I'm like, is this, like, blatant, like, product placement here <laughs> like you mean like I, they needed I those know. needle drops yeah they're like you know you can make a playlist as you know you kill vampires <laughs> it's funny because it's like it's a new line cinema movie but if you really like desperately want to create a trilogy of films and you're a completist like i can be i would recommend it i think yeah both of these are on netflix right now but if you also want to like have a pleasant experience with Blade in your head, I would... Blade 2 is, like, a perfect stopping point. It's just, like, you can, like, leave it, and, like, it's like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, Blade, you know, continues to hunt vampires in, in another place and, you know, things of that nature. So you could leave it there until um, they do the Marvel iteration, which apparently they're going to start shooting... The f- in the fall. Okay. Yeah. So um, they've already teased him in the second post credit scenes of Eternals. Um, you hear, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Ali's voice like talking to Black Knight. They really could have used him in Morbius. <laughs> uh, that would have been kind of a redeeming quality if they would have done a tie-in to whatever, and you know, opposed to whatever the hell they did in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely other vampire content you can go check out, too, in the meantime, like, just to hit a quick recommendation from me here, I would suggest checking out American Vampire by Scott Snyder and Stephen King for the first trade, but then Stephen King doesn't stay on the run, but it's a fun little vampire story. It's actually pretty long. I haven't finished all of it. I've read the first trade, so that's the one I'm recommending. But, Marjani, any recommendations from you? Yes, vampires. I'm going to go ahead. Like We've talked about this before, but the 1979 Salem's Lot miniseries is one of my favorite adaptations of his work. I honestly just bought a Blu-ray of that. There are some really eerie scenes in it, um, especially like with the boy like flying into uh, like the window is like so well done <laughs> yeah danny yeah i've shown yeah i've I like sent you the clip of like ah oh, man like so well done for 1979 it is pretty well done and considering it was a tv thing and you know we have just to note the new salem's lot coming later this year as well so that is something that might be worth checking out and we kept this episode very short i feel like blade 2 was a lot of fun but because of that lack of character development, there wasn't a whole lot to say about it either. But Blade Trinity was oof. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> yeah, Blade 2, like, Del Toro is a master, man. Yeah. Like, I, I wish that, like, you know, maybe he would have gotten the third one to do. Because, like, there's so many good elements of, like, horror mm-hmm. and, like, sci-fi mixed into it. And atmosphere where, like, the Reapers seem, like... You know, like really, like they're scary entities. Like they're working 
you know, you have like the blade aspect hating the vampires, but like them coming together because like the Reapers might wipe everyone out. Yeah. Was really good to based on. And then like, you know, the whole like Demoskinos um family legacy thing and why Nomak hated his father and what they wanted to engineer, like it all came together. And then, you know, you have Blade Trinity, which there, you know, and I, I talked to you about this, about Morbius, the movie existed to tease other things. Yeah. And I hate when movies do that. Like when, you know, you have a trilogy. I still haven't even seen it. Like, I'm not going to go watch that in theaters by myself. <laughs> it's not happening. It's funny because like, I felt the same things when I went to go see Morbius. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, you made this movie because you want to, you know, do a separate movie or you want to continue a multiverse, even though Sony has now distorted it <laughs> to what I don't even know. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, like, listen, Marvel can enter Blade into different things. Like, you know, um, we have Moon Knight now mm-hmm. and hopefully we get Ghost Rider and we have a team up there. They're doing Werewolf by Night. So maybe you can interblade there and like this whole thing of, you know, fighting vampires and like the darker parts of Marvel is cool. I don't know if Sony's going to play ball, which they should. If you're listening to the Sony, they should. <laughs> Marvel makes them a lot of money when they do. Yeah. like <clears throat> no, no way home. But, you know, like play, play ball. But like, I'm, you know, and I think. Wesley Stipes is coming back in some capacity because how could you not? Like, you made that character. Um, but Marisha Ali is going to do great. Um, yeah, I'm just, I am interested to see where they take that character. Same. So, that is definitely something to look forward to in the Marvel Universe, hopefully, relatively soon. But, Marjani, thank you so much for sitting through both of these movies and talking about them with me. No problem. No problem.